In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your not host, and I'm Evan. I've still got opening night butterflies from an opening night on television that I had no part in. I'm Ronnie. If you're going to tell from our opening, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. Currently, we are covering NBC's Rise. But before we get into that, I have one of my bits to do. A bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. Can't wait for this bit. Guys. Yeah. What's your New Year's resolutions? Ooh. How, uh, how relevant. I think my New Year's resolution is to not make a New Year's resolution this year because um, inevitably it either fails or turns out to be not relevant in a few weeks. So I'm so into you. That's my take on New Year's resolutions as well. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. Um, but you're kind of ruining my bit, so please come up with one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, my New Year's resolution is to remind everyone that um, habits take a long time to change and um, just deciding to do something is... Uh, it's generally not the best way to, to do it. You should uh, do things like reward yourself and uh, slowly adapt to, to changes that you want to make in your life instead of just like abruptly changing your behavior and expecting that to feel normal. Hey, did, did you guys get the license plate from that car that just ran over my bit? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to report a hit and run. Jesus Christ. Oh, I think your your bit was dead on impact there. Fuck. Hey, Ronnie, what's your New Year's resolution? Um, so a long time ago, I went and saw the movie Neighbors with Zac Efron and Seth Rogen. Yeah, and, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It's a dumb movie, but it was fun. Yeah, it was dumb, kind of broy, but not like the worst kind of broy comedy. Didn't they take casts of their dicks and sell they, them as dildos for a fundraiser? They did they? Did. Wow. And then, and then there was a. That's a very uh, confident move. That is Zac yeah. Efron versus Seth Rogen dildo fight at one point. I forgot um, about that. They did fight each other with dildos. Yes. Yes. That's the sort of um, movie this was, hey, fun, audience, if you didn't see it. Fun fact, Reno, you can just buy a kit to make a cast of your dick at home. You can just uh, buy a kit to do that and make a dildo out of it. <laughs> just just FYI, in case anyone at home is uh, thinking about doing that. If you need a, a late Christmas present yeah. for your lover, and you're very confident. <laughs> or for yourself, if you want to explore, you know, go for it. It's not gay if it's your dick. <laughs> <laughs> sorry ronnie sorry no, i got fine. sidetracked it's fine speaking of confidence uh there's a there's a part at the very end of that movie where zach efron is an abercrombie model shirtless outside of an abercrombie and seth rogan takes his shirt off and um and you know it's, it's funny because he's not as you know physically fit as zach efron and i left the theater and i confided in in my beautiful wife that I felt like on the spectrum of Seth Rogen to Zac Efron, uh, you know, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit closer to, certainly not at Zac Efron, but I feel like I was closer to Zac Efron than Seth Rogen. Uh, she did not agree. And, <laughs> and so I, uh, I set up a plan at that point uh, to be Efron by August. 
Uh, that was sev- several years ago. It didn't pan out. So what I've decided is that ever since I've seen so much of Riverdale, um, where uh, KJ Appa plays mm. Archie and he's always shirtless too, uh, my plan is now Appa by April. So so that's that's what I'm that's what I'm working on. Very basic. I believe in you. I'm, I'm very basic in that regard, um, but I'm gonna do my best. You could have always adjusted it to Efron eventually. Efron eventually. Efron eventually seems like I'm I'm an, I'm, an, I'm a born procrastinator. I need that deadline, and <laughs> it, of course it didn't work out. But now I've got a new deadline, and this one I've got high hopes for. <laughs> hey, Andy. Yeah. What's your New Year's resolution? Um, my New Year's resolution is to uh, play more Dragon Age. That's a good one. I just finished uh, the Trespasser DLC for the first time, and uh, it it fucked me. It fucked me real hard. It was great. I did not see that coming. Uh, I never finished Origins, uh, even though it was very good, and I've never, ever played uh, Kirkwall... Dragon Age 2? Yeah, Kirkwall Fox is what I call it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to play 2, and I'm going to beat Origins. That's my New Year's resolution. And do more yoga. Um, I don't know about do more yoga, but I, I, I think I'll keep seeing my therapist. I started seeing a therapist, and you know that's something I want to continue into 2019. That's a good thing. <laughs> Mental health uh, care is real important. Yeah. yeah. you got to take yeah, care that's of yourself. Not something I- that's not something I've really talked about, but in the past couple months, I've started taking antidepressants and uh, completely fucked the stigma against medication because I feel fantastic for like that's the first so good. time in that's my so life. That's so good, Ronnie. I'm, I'm so proud I'm of you. keep doing that. Yeah, keep doing that. Uh, mental health care is important. It's just as important as taking care of your physical, material body. Everyone out well, there, take care of your mental health. See a therapist. They're real great. Even if you're not mentally ill therapist can really help you like get your shit together and like you know do what you need to be doing and stuff like that it's good stuff my only mm-hmm. uh like vine into what therapy was was from watching the sopranos and watching lucifer both of which are probably not the best portrayals of like what going to a therapist is no. Yeah, that might have uh, screwed with you a little Cause bit. Because on Lucifer, he just, they fuck. That's all they do. Because uh, she's real horny for him. And, like, Lucifer, like, tempts you. And so they just fuck. And uh, in The Sopranos, um, they have probably, like, kind of a weird, unhealthy relationship, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, going to therapy is nothing like either of those. So far, I have not fucked anyone at therapy. Yeah. Except my inner demons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was seeing a therapist for many years. I'm not currently because I uh, I'm in a very good place and uh, everything's going well in my life. Yeah. So I uh, you know I don't I don't feel the need for that support. But I certainly would not be who I am today without the support of a mental health professional. So I know we we're on this bit for a long time, but see yeah, a this got real serious. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's yeah. talk about this show. Wait. Let's one more goof. Uh, Ronnie, you got a goof? Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, one of the dildos in the uh in the scene <laughs> with uh, where, where they fought with the dildos was really really long and really flaccid, which I don't know how they encapsulated in like in whatever material they used to make the dildos. But the joke was that like someone 
had like a very long penis but was very flaccid all the time. Um, well, I'm assuming you know, you it was just it, whatever they cast it. Can, I was gonna say you can cast it in whatever <clears throat> density of silicone you want. Like, right? That is that is my problem with their bit. But I think their bit was just that that no that it was a floppy dildo because it was a floppy penis. There, there was some. That's not how that works. Okay, (laughs) this movie is not exactly scientifically accurate. I don't, I don't think that uh, Bill Nye was on the was on the team here. Yeah, it takes a molecular cast of your penis and translates Mm -hmm. the density directly to the silicone substrate at the end. All right, let's talk about the show. All right, yeah, Uh, Um, yeah. What is the show that we watched, and what episodes of it did we watch, Evan? The show that we sure did watch. Uh, was Rise, which uh-huh. aired on NBC, and we have been watching episodes 9 and 10, which are the final episodes of the season, that being the only season that has ever aired, because that's how we do on this show. Um, so, episode 9 is entitled, Totally Hosed. The... Largest plot point in this episode is that the principal says you can still do the show, but you got to make huge, big, sweeping edits that make the play not make sense, and I have to approve them. Lou's like, oh, I guess. And then also he blames Tracy for this, even though she didn't make this deal with the principal. The principal just decided that that's what had to happen. But he he blames Tracy for selling out to the principal. Robbie's uh, mother who has been ill throughout this series is um, doing very poorly. And the implication is that she's going to, to die relatively soon. Lilette's mother, uh, like they got in a fight and her mom just like took off and the rent is due and Lilette's not really sure what to do about it. Gordy Lou's son is like, he, he has to do community service, and he's doing community service at the drama club. He's doing some, some stagehand stuff, basically as an excuse to hang out with Gwen, who he has a crush on. And there's some stalker jokes made that are not in good taste, in my opinion. Episode 10 is entitled Opening Night, and it is, as the title would suggest, the opening night of the play. Lilette's mom, whose name is Vanessa... Uh, turns back up and says, like, hey, sorry I was a dick. We're moving to Philadelphia. And then Lutz very conflicted about this. It's opening night. They're backstage. They're all prepping. They're running lines and doing all their stuff. Uh, the principal comes back and tells Lou, like, oh, by the way, there's this other thing we want you to cut, this big, huge thing we want you to cut. Yeah, make that happen in the next hour. And Lou, like, has a, a mental break, or, I mean, I'm exaggerating, it's not framed as a mental break, but he, like, has a break at that point, and is just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm not doing it, we're just doing the play like regular, like, it's supposed to be done, so fuck it, fuck that guy, we're just gonna do the play like we were gonna do it originally, and, um, they can't stop us, I guess? <laughs> Turns out, uh, they can sort of try. Uh, they do, in fact, proceed with the play with all of the original raunchy badness <laughs> in it. I say badness, uh, relatively speaking. It's quite a good play. But... All the sin. All the sin! It wasn't bad, it all was just sin. sin. They, they go ahead with the play with all the sin in it. The principal freaks out. The superintendent looks anxious. Uh, they try to make Lou stop. He's like, I can't just go out there on stage and stop them. They try to make 
uh, Nashus in the lighting booth, like, turn off all the lights, and then Tracy turns up like, no, you can't do this. You have to let them do the thing. And so they do the play, and it's great, and everyone loves it, except the few people who uh, tisk tisk can walk out in protest. Um, everyone loves it. And then at the the very end, the superintendent is like, that was good and all, like, you did a good play, um, but I'm shutting down the drama program. Sorry. And that is the end of the season. That's it. That's all. That was it. That was it. That's all that happens. That's all that happened. <sighs> Boy, there's a lot to unpack here. Or is mm-hmm. there? Let's get into it. Uh, Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. These two episodes of NBC's uh, Spring Awakening cover band, Rise, uh, did these two episodes work for you? They fucking did. Nice. Uh, these were my favorite two episodes in the whole thing, I think, and especially the finale. The finale was my favorite episode uh, to date. Very cool. Very cool. And by to date, I mean ever, because there's currently no more. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. Evan. Yes. Uh, these two episodes, the final, the last episodes we will ever see from the NBC musical theater drama Don't curse Rise. it like that, Ronnie. They're trying to bring it back. There are petitions. I know. Well, yeah, well, I mean, maybe we'll bring it back. I don't Well, did they work? Did these ones work for you? They did. Um, and I agree with Andy, especially episode 10. Episode 10 was a very good finale. It was very emotionally satisfying. Episode 9 was also quite good. Uh, 10 was my favorite. But yes, yes, overall, they both did indeed work. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these here two episodes that we watched, did they work for you? They did. Episode 10, as I said in my, uh, in my introduction, uh, gave me some feels. Gave me those, those, those pre-show butterflies that always give me just the teeniest twinge of, of good anxiety. And episode 9, though, it was so frustrating. Um, it, was, it was done in a way that everyone kind of was on the same page about, like, hmm, this is bad. This kind of yeah, sucks. we made this play bad. Yeah, this is, this is much worse. The only people who like it are people who pretty much don't know anything about theater, um, or, or, or so we, we have to suspect. Um, but yeah, these two worked for me. And now let's get into talking about what else? What, just what specifically about these two episodes of NBC's Rise works for us? Floor is open. What worked? Oh, so much. Before anyone says anything else, can I just say that them doing the bad version of the play in 9, while you feel very frustrated for the characters, it is fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes you appreciate the good version way more, I think. (laughs) And as someone who, like, went to Liberty University and stuff like that, like, settling for, like, clean family approved content it's it's when it comes to art in my opinion it's never going to be as strong as it could be when you censor something down to the bone like that it's never going to be as good it's never going to be what the artist originally intended i'm not saying you can't make good clean art but when you censor something like that it's never going to be as good as the original mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i also like having <clears throat> never seen spring awakening like i Loki spent this whole season wondering 
what the deal was with Spring Awakening. Of course, I knew from context that there were like this plot point and that plot point that's relevant to whatever's going on. And Blue broke it down real good for us. No, oh yeah, she did. But I mean, in terms of like watching the show and like trying to glean the narrative from the show, um, it was a very satisfying capstone to see the whole thing put together because it was like we were seeing rehearsals uh, without ever seeing the script you know, we're just seeing bits and pieces of whatever was going on. So it was very, it was very satisfying in that respect to see the final episode where you didn't see the entire play, of course, through, but you hit all the key scenes. Um, and then also seeing that contrasted, like we said, with the, like, the shitty censored version in episode nine really, uh, sort of threw into sharp relief why all of that dramatic, um, sexy sinfulness is actually important to the story of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it was. It was also uh, a good emotional capstone, like for the cast. Like a lot of uh, characters' stories, like kind of uh, came to a natural climax there. Yeah, on, on opening night for sure. Yeah, and. Um, I loved seeing Robbie struggle with the graveyard scene like all season. And then they showed the graveyard scene like in its entirety. And the actor playing Robbie, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Damon Gillespie. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park. It was very intense and very emotional. And it encapsulated everything that his character was struggling with. I felt like throughout the entire show Mm -hmm. and rise did a very good job of having characters arcs reflect the the stage i feel like they do that a lot with like sports movies i don't think Mm -hmm. i've ever seen it done for a theater show and so it was really cool to to see that especially with robbie and simon robbie and simon i feel like were the two strongest ones with that Mm -hmm. yeah and uh robbie didn't just like succeed out of nowhere because the pressure was on either like in the previous episode like he had basically basically been told that his mother was dying and then he has to do like this scene where people he like people his his character loves have died and like it's 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 very emotional to watch like having seen him like struggle with his mother's mortality like in the episode before and then see him like pull out that scene at the at the very end it's good stuff mhm the best part about like the the comedy that we were talking about earlier from episode nine, from just how brutally bad and nonsensical the cut out version was, was mm-hmm. when they decided that they were gonna do it the the real way. They were gonna do it the original way, and everyone just being like, uh, "Am I gonna actually commit suicide, or am I just gonna get really sad?" Am I? Is, <laughs> Michael is was ch- hilarious there. Yeah. Yeah. Is it child abuse or is this dad just really not the nicest guy? <laughs> just is this, it was just does like her dad just, just like, yell a lot or like is he right. assaulting the, her? <laughs> like Right. It's it's been a running joke that the prop master like loses props and in the finale, like you actually got to like see the prop master. Mm-hmm. And for having a very small part, that kid was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And we needed that levity. Uh, Because a lot of, like, dramatic shit was happening, and they were very, very funny. Yeah. 
it, it's it's the kind of levity that works, but is also like for someone who is in theater, just like I just need my prop. I just want my prop. I'm sitting over here like, get him the prop, prop master. What are you doing? You gotta get the prop. The show's coming. It's an hour. Like I am just like I was so this this kind of thing. Anytime I see go see a play, even sometimes when I go see a movie, like this kind of thing triggers for me of just like, oh gosh, there's a show. There's a there's a, there's something. There's a show is going on and things can go wrong. So nerve wracking. I think my favorite bit, possibly out of the entire TV show, was when they're cutting parts out of the show. And he, he's kind of uh, just a supporting character, but the kid who sings about uh, wanting to fuck his piano teacher. Mm-hmm. And Lou is like, yeah, like we got to cut it. And uh, Simon like stands up for the for his buddy. All the emotions happening there felt so visceral to me, like... Lou is clearly very upset and very disappointed in this and very frustrated. Mm-hmm. The The kid who's getting his part cut, you can just see it all over him. His body language, his tone, his his facial expressions. He's heartbroken, but like going along with it. Mm-hmm. And then Simon is fucking pissed off at a ton of other stuff, but he brings all those emotions with him into his friend's part getting cut. And stands up for him and kind of calls Lou out. And it's just really, really emotional and strong. And I really, really loved that scene. Yeah. I don't know if I felt like there was the correct amount of resolution for all of Simon's stuff. I agree. But everything that Simon was experiencing, like, within, like, his family life and within what was going on with his sister and his mom, and like, it felt very real. Like, that moment of, like, knowing that everyone is at each other's throats and fighting and you're falling apart and it's just like all right it's time for breakfast i made french toast we're gonna pretend like nothing's wrong it's just like oh been there <laughs> like, and yeah just, and being so just like furious that like no no there's a problem here we need to address this and like not not having that not being the person in that dynamic to kind of drive that forward or not feeling like you have the power to do that is so, so frustrating. Yeah, that was going to be something I brought up like in the negatives. I really don't feel like uh, Simon's storyline was resolved. Yeah. I, I guess they were like holding out for season two for that, mm-hmm. but um, like he certainly... Well, it, it definitely ends on a clear cliffhanger. Well, yeah. I mean, he certainly like dealt with some shit, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the whole the whole thing, the fallout with his family, I feel was the uh, the real sort of emotional weight there. And of course, benefit of hindsight, we know we're never going to get to see that now. But yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't get to see the resolution of his, his his whole thing. I mean, his mom has got to divorce his dad. Yeah, like that's in my mind, that's the only clear resolution. But fuck, it's a shame we didn't get season two, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just do want to say, though, I don't think that's a negative for season one. I'm going to disagree with Evan there. Um, I think the the writers had clear intent. And I do think that uh, Simon having his little freak out before going on stage and then having the courage to do the scene. I was really satisfied with that. Right. And uh, yeah, I, like I, that I, I understood that they were leaving it. The resolution with his family was probably going to be uh, a very big part of season two with how they left it. Right. Yeah, I agree with you, Andy, where the the resolution for Simon, for Simon himself, like 
I am going like he, it seems like he has that resolution. He gets to that point where he's like, you know, I'm gay and, and kind of like maybe only at that moment at the end is like able to admit that to himself fully mm-hmm. and like confidently. Um, but I do agree, Evan, that like the family stuff, like that's what the conflict was. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much like a there was some con- inner conflict between with Simon and himself, but a lot of it stemmed from the family. So any kind of line or something like that that could have addressed that would have been just like a nice way to wrap it up, even if there is some continuity pushed into season two. Yeah, the uh, the the crux of Simon's story wasn't I think I'm gay. The crux of Simon's story was my family's falling apart. Yeah. A lot of other characters sort of got like an emotional resolution to whatever mm-hmm. they were going through. And I don't think that Simon quite did. Um, but I will say that I had complained a lot throughout the the season that Lou was not a good dude. Um, I think he's at the end of the series here sort of had the character growth that I wish he had started to have much earlier on in the season. Um, yeah. Because when Simon was freaking out at him, he was like, hey, because Simon literally said, like, I don't feel safe. And I was like, Lou, I swear to God, if you tell that kid he has to do the scene, like, I'm done. I'm turning off the show right now. But right. no, Lou, in uh, an act of compassion that I think was reflective of all the the shit that people have rightfully pointed out to him throughout the series, was like, you you go do whatever version of it uh, like makes you feel right, and that'll be yeah. fine. Like, I think that sort of encapsulated the thing that, like, I wish that he had had earlier. His, his but... talk with Robbie, too, I felt mm-hmm. like was really powerful. Um... Now, I will say that uh, when he decided to switch the, the play back to the original, uh, my my only complaint about that scene is I wish he had said, like, you guys make the decision I'll take the fall, like whatever it is, because he was like, it's not just up to me. It's up to everybody. And I, like, I don't feel like he really like protected them in any way in what he was saying. He was just like, I want to do it the old way. Uh, do y'all want to vote on if we should do it the old way? And he like, it felt like he was kind of like shifting the responsibility to them to decide if they were going to do the original play. Uh, I think the responsible adult thing to do and say would have been like, Look, I think we should do it the old way. You guys can do it the old way if you want, and whatever you decide, I'll say it was my idea. I don't know. I don't think that was that big a deal. Yeah, I, I, it, it, especially with how they set up episode nine as like everyone hated everything that was happening, and and with Simon's blow up and everything like that, it was just like <clears throat> even if it was like a lot of like Lou wants to do it Lou's way, yes. But it was certainly like Lou was also like having to stem the cast before he was having to stem himself. And it was just like a real like relief for everyone. of just like, we're just going to we're just going to run wild on this one. We're going to go nuts. Maybe I'm just so sick of like Lou insisting on doing it his sure. way that. Like, sure. But yeah, his I mean, vision. Yeah, his vision. <laughs> Because I think, like, deep down as viewers, we all knew that they were going to do it the original way on, like, in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I certainly knew, like, they're going to do an act of rebellion and they're going to, like, you know, 
they're gonna do it the old way and mm. like yeah it was not perfect in my opinion i i don't and i, I think that is um uh reflective of me not liking Lou's decision making throughout the rest of the series, I guess, more than it is yeah. reflective on that one specific scene. Right. I will say it, it, to to uh, cut back just a little bit to Lou's conversation with Simon about mm-hmm. you know you do it how how it best represents you how how it best you know makes you feel in this moment. Um, when we performed the high school pilot of Rent, which I was a part of, which I was in. Um, that was like a big thing was Lou kind of just took the real Lou uh, kind of took his hands off the reins and said, you know, there were a number of um, same sex kisses and, and love scenes. And Lou was just kind of put it in the actor's hands of like, this is your scene to make work. However you think it works. I casted you. I trust you. You do what makes you feel the most comfortable in this scene to me, and, and also make it the truest and everyone, you know, they, they did what they did that. And if the local newspaper didn't like write this huge write up on, Oh, he's supposed to be the director and he's putting this in children's hands and he, they need to be guided and told what to do in this case where like, if he would have said, Nope, you got to kiss this boy. Then that would have been the newspaper article. It was just like, yeah. Oh. There were so many. There was like a, a weekly article in the local paper written about rent and how it was awful for the community, and it was so frustrating. And credit to Lou for always kind of sticking it to that. What else did you like, Ronnie? Because Evan turned it into a negative session. I no, know I we went on a negative. Trip I'm, for a I pointed bit. out so like positives. two negatives. I had yeah, two so negatives. positives though. Ugh. Um, Sasha and Michael were uh, were were real cute for me. I didn't expect uh, that, and I, I really either. liked it. I honestly didn't. Yeah, that's it was, a it wasn't like I don't I feel like it. it was heavy-handed. I don't feel like it was like telegraphed heavily, and you know, based on their conflict, it seemed like they were just going to be some like, you know, they had that conflict right up until episode ten, and the fact that they, you know, maybe that was a little bit more out of, but like I don't know. That. Also, Sasha saying that she saw Michael, yeah. and then like using male pronouns, like I, I, I saw him. I see you. Yeah, uh, that made my my heart all all full of joy. I do think the uh, the romance angle was a little bit sudden. Yeah, yeah, but um, I do. I can't. I can't complain about it too much because like this is a good example and a good step towards like normalizing trans people in stuff like trans people just having regular relationships and stuff also that's like every high schooler ever like Mm -hmm. opening night in theater like there are three new relationships that are going to form and Mm -hmm. two people are going to break up and someone's going to get cheated on that's Mm -hmm. every opening night every theater production every high school in america yeah so while it was sudden because we'd only seen them as like kind of frenemies and then friends uh, I like totally think that's a valid interpretation of high school, like especially theater, like opening yeah. night. Someone's gonna hook up with someone. Yeah, it's it, gonna happen. It's not as if like, and they're in love forever. It's just like they are truly engaging in this kind of real, honest moment that they are both feeling for each other and for the 
the situation that they're both in. So yeah, I I, I really loved it. Yeah, and, it, and and like that's the thing. It it wasn't like the biggest thing. It was just it was a nice moment, and I enjoyed the moment. Yeah, and and like Evan said, it's something that normalizes relationship with trans people. Like yes, Sasha didn't have some sort of like existential crisis about like where her sexuality is now with like kissing a trans man. Like yes, she didn't make a deal about that. She like. Right. As far as we know, views herself as straight and still views herself as straight. And that's mm-hmm. that's cool. That's how it should be. Yep. That's why I wasn't going to complain about it. I had, yeah. you know, like the, it kind of came out of nowhere was a minor quibble, but like, sure. I'm, I, I don't have a problem with that as a, yeah. as a character choice. Uh, the scene with Lou and his son backstage in episode 10, mm-hmm. where his son tells him like, yeah, like I want to do tech or stage crew. Yep. Something. Um, that was just a really sweet scene. And for two characters that have, uh, really been foils for each other all season, uh, it's still, it felt like it was earned finally. Uh, football son redemption, uh, happening (laughs) in like son redemption (laughs) in like episode, episode two or three or whatever the fuck with like, Oh, I'll just football harder and that'll cure my alcoholism. Uh, like, that wasn't earned, and uh, rightly so. The show was like, "Haha, we faked you out." He's still a little shit, uh, but the that conversation really did felt earned. Yeah. Furthermore, all the parents in the audience watching the show nailed nailed it. Uh, I don't think any of them really had lines, but every time they like looked up at their children and like it, it it made my heart pitter patter. Um, <laughs> Proud parents is always going to be a thing that makes me emotional. And so, yeah, uh, Rise did that real good. Sure. I like the healthy uh, combination of uncomfortable, but still very proud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they nailed that. Yeah. That was a tightrope. And they, they really showed that. Because at the end of the day, kids probably shouldn't be performing Spring Awakening. Like, yeah, like, I, I would agree. Yeah. I, 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 I do think that this is a very adult show and um i think it was interesting to that they like did the full thing completely unedited even with like as like sex positive and um like liberal as i am though i probably still would have edited a bit to have high schoolers do it yeah the main thing is that uh there are certainly high schoolers that are mature enough to handle that content. Um, I do think it's a little bit like more complex when they're specifically minors and like their parents are in the audience and maybe their younger brothers and sisters came to see them and like, don't quite understand what's going on and what it all means. Like that's a little bit of a complex situation, which is not to say like it for the show, for the sake of the show, it had the uh, the impact that it was meant to have. Certainly, uh, I don't think it was a bad narrative choice. Um, but yeah, that's that would be a decision I would um, question a, like a little bit if I heard that a local high school was doing this specific play. Now that I know what it's about, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that I mean, with anything, and and of course, it, it all comes down to the students who are involved. Like you said, it it's a lot about the director. And it's a lot about the conversations that the director 
is constantly having with the students and, and constantly discussing this kind of subject matter. Um, it's a yeah. conversation that um, they have for pretty frequently on Tid Pan Diddly Do. Um, Lily Blue is, is pretty much in line with y'all that like this kind of thing should not be done by high schoolers. As someone who did this kind of thing in high school, I I feel I'm probably biased, but it 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 is a credit to the directors we had that made sure that even if we couldn't understand it fully, because some of these things, you, I agree, you just can't understand from that age point, from uh, certainly from the privilege that I that I uh, you know had as a child, as as a you know high school student, having someone who can walk you through it and explain it in a way that makes sense and in a way that still holds power so that that power can transfer to you it makes a lot of difference it might not make enough difference for for some people but um it it definitely uh made a difference for me yeah i mean on the other hand i also don't agree with like babying teenagers and like Mm -hmm. insulating them from like the reality of but like i don't know this this there's, is why I don't. This yeah. is why I don't hang around children. Like yeah. I can't yeah. make this type of decision. And, and, and for Evan and I, it's not like a naughty words thing. It's a like, no. No. wow, yeah. that that show has like some some, some other themes going on. That, some concepts that maybe not all high schoolers are emotionally equipped to deal with yeah. necessarily. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I am not like blind to that. I when, yeah. when Lily Blue talks about that kind of thing on on Tin Pan Diddly Do, I am. I am fully like, yes, I understand. That is accurate. I don't necessarily feel that way, but there's nothing like absolutely incorrect. There's, there's everything you're saying is absolutely correct and valid. And I just, I, I, my experience was just a bit different. By the way, I've been listening to Tin Pan Diddly Do. I've been very, very much good. enjoying it. Not to like jump right into like, hey, everybody listen to Lunar Light, but that's a very good show. I was, well, I was pleasantly Evan. surprised by how much I loved it. I think it's a perfect time to jump into. Hey, what a what a natural segue! Let's take a little break and talk about Lunar Light Studios, our our our, our wonderful podcast parents, our uh, our beautiful space moms. You got anything, mm-hmm. Ronnie? Um, I want to talk about Storyboard. I don't know if I've talked about that recently. Just very fun. They recently did a series on Samurai Jack. Oh, good was, show. Yeah, which is a good, good, an, like, good animation, good writing, good story, like, Ooh. very good. And, and they, they kind of really enjoyed it the same way that I remember doing. So, yeah, give give uh, give our friends over at Storyboard a listen. As I just mentioned, uh, I've been very much enjoying Tin Pan Diddly Do. I wish they would make more of them. Guys, <laughs> I know you're busy. I know you have many, many podcasts to, to curate and to create, but give, talk about more musicals. So that I don't have to pay a lot of money to go see them. I can get a very enjoyable experience just from listening to Haley and Blue talk about musicals that I have not seen. Love that show. If you haven't listened to Lunar Light besides Ending Pending, and you want to get a feel for some other, the other creators are like, a bunch of us uh, got together for a Christmas Hallmark-style radio drama called Make the Yuletide Gay. And that released on Monday. I believe there are six parts to it. And Evan and I uh, are in it and lend our voices to it and do some voice acting. And I'm very, very proud of it. It's, it's very good. It's very cheesy and it's very like heartwarming and it's very, 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 very gay. 
and I think it's adorable, and I think it was important, and I'm very proud of it. We did you an did act a fantastic and job with that. Thank so thank, thank you, you so Ronnie, much for doing that. We did an act and we did a sing, and I was so um, like mildly humiliated by that sing that we did that I haven't listened to it. Uh, it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> Blue, um, <laughs> I think it was Haley uh, asked like who's comfortable singing, and I was like, look, I'm comfortable singing. <laughs> but I am not good at singing. And before you think that I'm doing that, like, theater kid, like, old theater kid, like, bitch move of, like, compliment me. Like, before you think that, I am a coyote in a trash compactor. <laughs> that is what I sound like. But if you want me to sing, I'll sing. And she was like, no, no, we want you to sing. And so Evan and I both sang in it, and neither of us are very good. No, not good. But uh, maybe it, you know, it's it's authentic. It's, I'll say that it's sweet. I enjoyed it's, it. We tried very hard. That's not, all I can say. We tried so very hard. Not we only put, that, but we, we sang did. more than anyone else. We did, and we did two <laughs> takes. So that's how bad we did the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, I'm really proud of it, and uh, I love it a lot. And uh, a bunch of other Lunar Light creators are involved, so if you hear some voice acting and you're like, you know what, I'm curious about what podcast that person's on, uh, it'll it'll maybe lead you to listening to some other stuff on the network. For sure, for sure. You can find all those podcasts and more at LunarLightStudio.com. All right. So let's dive into just some quick, uh, let's not call them negatives, but just things that were not really the things that made us love these two episodes. The things yeah, let's that... not let's not call them negatives. That's yeah. too negative. Let's I don't, not call anything a negative. I genuinely don't think I have any negatives. Um, yeah, the, the few that I had, honestly, I like, you know, snuck into the positives. Because I hate joy. I hate when people have fun. I hate when people like things. You no, except um, me. You love me. I do. I love Andy. Yeah. Um, but you are uh, the yeah, Grinch I mean, who honestly, stole rise happiness. I I am. I'm the Grinch. My heart's tiny. At, earlier, Evan did talk about like Gordy using stalking as like. An oh, yes. oh yes. Oh yes yes, right. yes. 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 That. That's, That's a good point. Good. That is very. Yeah, that was yeah bad. so for context, uh, like, there's several jokes where uh, Gwen is like, yeah, you're you're acting like a weird stalker, and he's like, uh, yeah, you're very stalkable, and he's it's like, gross. do you want me to keep stalking you? And she's like, oh, yeah, I kind of do. It's yeah, both on both not... their parts, because they're both using it as a joke. Like, but, she's, uh, okay, like, she's not sincere about calling him a stalker, and then he, like, plays along with it, but they're both wrong. Okay, I'll say that. this is a thing that high schoolers would say, yeah. but this is a show that's being written by adults who know better. So, yep. um, well, it's realistic that teens are shitty and will use phrases and words like that because they don't fully understand the context of the yeah. situation. In the narrative, it's framed as like sort of cute and funny, yeah. and it's not. That's yeah. not what stalking means, guys. Stalking is terrible and it like ruins people's and lives. It's super stressful yeah, and awful. And, and, yeah, it's very bad. Good um, point, Ronnie. Yeah. The only other thing that it's not again no negatives. We don't have negatives. It's just things that we, we don't have negatives on this podcast. Did better. This was the first time in the series where like we really hear uh, Michael doing the part of Moritz, who is the like second male lead in the show. Um, and I 
Moritz has some amazing songs of like I don't do sadness and and all these the, just these great moments of of you know the whole show kicks off with Moritz like realizing that he has sexuality in general he realizes like he understands like oh I'm having like these these terrible erotic dreams and it's just and that's what like slowly like him learning more about himself and the world through that is what starts to kind of send all these things into a spiral. And we got so much of Robbie and Lillette and how they kind of did their character and worked through their character and stuff like that, along with their own personal stuff. I really would have seen, like to seen, like to have seen um, Michael working through his character a little bit more and, and to like see him really trying to 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 understand that and and work with the other actors instead of kind of just seeing just the personal stuff just the you know stuff focusing on on the trans stuff and sasha's baby um yeah what it it just i if you once you sign off here go listen to i don't do sadness slash spring and summer and it's it's just like so like Oh, it's so good. And to yeah. like imagine imagine Ellie like having that song really like working through like I don't do sadness, not even a little bit, just don't need it in my life, don't want any part of it. Just like I, it would have made made that final or even earlier in, in the series, it would have made it so, so much more powerful for me. Hearing Ellie kind of break down. um, about like recurring cast member versus like series regular and stuff like that uh really breaks your heart that uh they were only a recurring cast member yeah or a guest just, star or yeah. whatever it yeah. was um because one they're a phenomenal actor and two i really cared about the character and like the only reason that they didn't get more screen time was kind of like uh, semantics with like what job they were hired as sure. uh, is is a bit of a shame. Yeah, but come to think of it, like we got this um, this this scene with um, Michael and Sasha, where uh, Sasha's like, "Yeah, your family's so great. I'm sure that they, you know, accepted everything about you and hugged it out and uh, supported you." Um, where were Michael's parents, like, at the show? Yeah. Why didn't, why didn't we get, I mean, we saw almost every other, any, any character who we got some, uh, some, um, you know, character development out of, we saw their parents there, except Sasha, but that makes sense, because we were told explicitly, like, Sasha's dad is not a great guy and not very supportive. Right. Um, but, like, there was that, that bit at the end where, like, all the parents were, like, standing up and clapping and uh like I, I was a little bit perplexed that we had got this backstory that like michael's parents were just like great and amazing and the most supportive understanding like open-minded parents and they're like they weren't at the play or if they were we didn't like see them like they didn't bother to include that which you know would have been cool i said before i wish that we had like just got more of michael's parents being rad you know, because that never happens. It's always like sad queer people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of a shame that we didn't get that. Yeah, a lot of the parents seemed like pretty invested from the start. 
Um, I think Lou's wife uh, had some concerns because she's like, my husband's going to get fired. Yep. But, uh, Which is very legit. There was yeah, no reason he needed to get too, fired. He just would not stop. So um, There were some good like laugh lines of just like he, him whispering like, I'm getting fired. And her being like, you think? <laughs> She's the most supportive, like, badass wife ever. Yeah, yeah he, he probably doesn't deserve her, honestly. She, like, she's so chill. And, yeah. like, that actress, again, like, did not have a ton of screen time. But uh, she was she was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked the, the I'm getting fired bit. Yeah. Yeah, very good. She's like, I... I think I think Allentown didn't they offer you a job? <laughs> we'll we'll always have Allentown. <laughs> Which like if you've been to Allentown, I I've frequented Allentown quite a bit. I spent a semester at Kutztown University. Oh, Allentown is 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 a, is that's like your ultimate fallback. That's like <laughs> as, that is as last resort as you can get. But yeah, these were good episodes. They were really good. They were. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. I feel like you really got that musical theater show, Mm -hmm. uh, like that that hard hit at the end. Yeah, it's it's really a crime that we didn't get season two. I know. Are we gonna put this up on our our list of crimes? On our list of crimes, list of shows that it's it's should be illegal that we didn't get season two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, what's on there right now? The Quest, selfie. Kings, not selfie. Selfie, <laughs> we are taking selfie off this list. Ronnie snuck it on there when we weren't looking. Like, uh, like uh, number Pepe one. Pepe Sylvia, he where's wrote, the mail coming from? Where did how did selfie get on here? Yeah, just it, spelled real, spelled all wrong with in like crayon, like selfie. It's certainly something that we should, you know. That I, I happen to have links, lots of links to lots of petitions that are that are very cold at this point. <laughs> but I'll share those on the Twitter and Facebook anyway. Sure. So let's rise again. Let's talk about this whole ding dang series of television. Yeah. These ten episodes, this good, good, even number, which. Shout out to one season shows for doing that. We love these even numbered seasons. Yeah, fuck those um, twenty two episode shows. What are you yeah, doing? It's goddamn garbage. How you can watch that many episodes? Come on. And those are the ones where like you know it's canceled after like episode fourteen. It's like what mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. This um, is a weekly podcast. Come on. Anyway. These whole the whole kit and caboodle. Every last episode of NBC's Rise. Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Did it work? It did. I can't say it's my favorite show ever of all time, but, um, it's a, it is a strong show. And like, I say that just because like, it's not really the the genre that I live in. You know, it's not, it's not my wheelhouse, but, uh, it certainly, it has a lot of satisfying beats. It's got a lot of good characters. It's a good show. It's a well put together show. So yes, overall as a show, uh, Rise worked for me. Andy. Yes, Ronnie. These 10, count them up on both hands, episodes of, yup, you're, you're, you're flashing me all 10 digits there. All those digits worth of rise television episodes from our not friends they're not our friends 
But Fuck NBC. They're like colleagues, I guess, at this point. Fuck them, um, though. They're work acquaintances. Did did it work? You know it did. I yeah. I liked Rise from the start. I really enjoyed it. The times where I was critical, it was because I really liked the show and I wanted the the parts that I didn't like to meet the parts that I really enjoyed. But overall, yes, I loved this show start to finish and it ended really, really well. I loved that finale. It did finish strong. I think that was one of the better finales we've seen on Ending Pending. So, absolutely. I would recommend this show to a friend. I would even recommend this show to an enemy. Ooh. It's, I mean, they are playing with, like, loaded dice when you literally get to end the season with a musical stage performance. Yeah, yeah you that's know, a little unfair. It's fucking yeah. rad. They yeah. literally got to do a curtain call yeah. <laughs> for the cast. It was great. Right. Very right. good show. Mm-hmm. Ronnie. Yeah. I got a feeling what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Please do. I am a rapper. That rhymed. All I can time. do this all the time. Hey. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I'm Ronnie. Or Robbie. Fuck. Anyway, Ronnie, did season one of Rise uh, work for you? It sure did. Yeah. It, <gasps> I mean, it got dicey in the middle a little bit. Um, yeah. But, I mean, no more than, like, any other first season of a TV show. Like, as far as, like, shows that I really, really enjoy that have gone on three, four, five, six seasons, this is this is among those. Um, you know, it, it, it's certainly a show that that maybe misses some beats, but it's it, it sets out to do something and it accomplishes it. And, you know, Lou could have been a little less whiny and... Uh, they could have handled some of the the interactions a little bit better and given given some characters more screen time, but for ten episodes for the first season for you know being sure that you're going to have more time to tell this story, uh, I think they did a good job with it, and I really truly enjoyed all of Rise, and I really hope that it gets picked up for a second season some way, somehow. In which case, we have to uh, purge all all of these episodes yes, and all yes. records of them from the internet. Yeah, we got to get the men in black to come and like do the little clicky, flashy light thing to every one of our listeners, um, which will take forever because there's so many. So um, many. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how are they going to make season two unless they have a good, good writers to pitch them what season two will look like. It's time to enter the pitch room. Dun, dun. Who wants to go first? Who's got a good pitch for season two? I think I got a pretty good one. Oh, let's hear it. Um, so, the drama club has been outlawed by the school <laughs> superintendent. Enthusiastic drama students have to rehearse in the underground, in the, at night when no one will see. Uh, uh, yeah, they they start a secret drama club, an extra, extra school drama club. They go to that uh, warehouse, you know, the one they stole all the shit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go in there. They start doing other uh, raunchy, sinful plays, and uh, people find out about it. 
and uh, you know all the the local enthusiasts come to see it and keep it on the down low, and like Lou gets to keep his job, but he's involved in secret. And but Tracy's really running the show because Tracy was rad. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, so they have this sort of a uh, dark underground. It's like uh, I haven't seen Footloose, but I understand the premise of Footloose <laughs> is that they're they're all dancing in secret because they're not allowed. <laughs> and then yeah, it's like You've that. Never seen Footloose? No, oh, I've okay. just I just conceptually understand Footloose sure. because of cultural osmosis. Sure, watch Footloose sometime. Kevin Bacon's not attractive. They have to keep you reminding you that he's like good looking because to like trick you into thinking that he's good looking. He's not. He's not he's a weird looking dude. Evan, anyway. could you do me a big favor and not yuck my yum over here? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Ronnie over there with a big crush on Kevin Bacon. Look, all right, I, mean, I can't I had no earthly way of knowing that uh Kevin Bacon was amongst your yums. <laughs> yeah, well, to each their own. Um Andy, do you have yeah. a pitch for season two? So my pitch for season two is that uh, it's going to be in a different direction than Evans. Um, the drama club, the theater department gets reinstated rather quickly, like maybe by the end of the first episode or, you know, halfway through episode two. And the show that they're going to do is Les Mis. And the reason why I'm picking Les Mis is because I think now more than ever, uh, high school students are getting more involved in politics, uh, especially when you look at like the 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 Parkland kids and stuff like that. Like high schoolers now more than ever are like getting involved, voicing their opinions, kind of rising up. And like Miz is all about dumb kids who decide that like no, we're going to change the world. And while it doesn't work out for them, and that's that's a shame. Um, I think you could contrast that a lot with what the like students are dealing with in their personal lives and to have them get kind of involved in in a political message as well as Simon struggling with his faith I think Les Mis is a really good show that has young people involved in like a revolution and it has someone dealing a lot with faith and I would love to see Simon's faith struggle take you know center stage very cool very cool also i want to stress that i was calling the students in les mis dumb not like real life high school students or anything sure sure just throwing that out there and before anyone comes at me on twitter i love the barricade boys but yep. their plan was not very good no it wasn't it was not also very good. marius was just like <laughs> Oh, he was lady. <laughs> like <laughs> Marius was in it for Marius the pussy. Was not focused. Um, your boy, uh, Grantier though. Grantier, fucking French names. Jesus, the one who drinks. He knew what was up. He was in it because he wanted Entourage's dick, and he knew why he was there. He was in it for the booze and the dick. All what? the other ones, all the. Uh, the story-eyed revolutionaries, they they were not well-prepared. What better reason to start a revolution than yeah. booze and dick? Then, like, look, I'm here to drink, and I think that one who's talking a lot is hot. So I guess I'm in your, your little terrorist revolution, but put me down as uh, very much against all this planning. This planning is bad. 
This has been Les Mis Minutes, the <laughs> podcast inside of a podcast where we discuss the character motivations of minor characters in Les Mis. He is not a minor character. He is the only gay one. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, he's very minor. He should have been bigger. Anyway, Ronnie, what's your pitch for season two now that we've talked about which Les Mis characters wanted which genitals of other Les Mis characters? Sure, sure. So, uh, mine, my pitch for season two, uh, follows in the tradition of, uh, some other, uh, musicals that have been done at high school in media. Uh, kind of a a high school musical, if you will. Because at the end of this school year, what time is it? Summer stock. That's right. We're, We're going right into the summertime where Lou, the, uh, disgraced theater director at Stanton High School has gotten a little bit of street cred uh, from the community theater community, uh, and he's he's doing summer stock. And if you would believe it, all the kids from uh, from Stanton, they put down their swimming pools and they get rid of their hopscotches and they, they put decide... down. Hang on, back up for <laughs> no, a second. No, they do no. what to their swimming pools? No. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bullet train. Carry I can't on. Stop. Carry on. I'm like a shark. I can't look back. Um, I, they, they, uh, you know, drop all of their, um, soda pops, uh, and they- We get it, it's fucking summer. It's summer. What are they doing? They're not doing doing summer summer things. They're doing theater. They're doing theater and they're doing outdoor theater, which, cause that's, that's what you do at summer stock. And, and that you just- What show? Um. Oh, did you not pick it? Did I just put you on the spot? Uh, how about... Screw it. They do Hamilton. <laughs> Fuck yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't I know mean, how they got the rights to that, but okay. Listen, it's summer stock. Everything's <laughs> a little bit... It's like yours. Everything's a little underground, you know? You got the soundtrack running. You don't You don't necessarily have the sheet music, but you, you know... You got a boom box in, yeah. the, in the pit, and <laughs> just yeah. Lynn shows up. Lynn shows up. Lynn is definitely in this as just like the janitor or something like that. <laughs> Just like That'd be a like, great cameo. Just like a show about Alexander Hamilton, that'll never work. It's it's literally it's literally Lin Manuel Miranda from uh, Mary Poppins, and he's just like cleaning. He's like cleaning the the, the chimney of the theater or whatever. He's a lamplighter uh, in Mary the Poppins. What? He's, he's a, a lamplighter lamp in Mary oh, Poppins. Oh, I'm seeing it tomorrow yeah. morning. Oh, I just right. bought my tickets. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I just watched Movie Bob review it. Sure. Um, Shout out to Movie Bob. What's up, dude? I don't think you listen, but if you do, what's going on? And everyone's involved, and you know, uh, Gordy decides not only does he want to do tech, he wants to be in the show, and he gets he gets a good part. And everyone sees that Robbie is so cool, and for doing both football and the musical, and maybe like the shitty dudes from the 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 party come up, and they're like, "Oh, we realize that it's cool now. Can we do it?" And Lou's like. Aren't you those shitty guys that were shitty to Michael? And they're like, oh, yeah. And it's like, get out of here. We have no no room for that kind of intolerance here. And they, they really get their comeuppance. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, they just do they do Hamilton. And it's, it's kind of like a, a, an underground version. And at the end of it, the principal's like, I never knew all that about history. Could you start another drama program at Stanton? <laughs> it makes it makes all kind. That's oh, that's the perfect summer summer story. It makes all kinds of money, and Lou just gives it to the principal and says, "Put this in your drama budget for next year." And, oh, and just gangster. walks away. That's yeah. one of those little guns that shoots money. Yep. You know <laughs> that makes it rain. Yep. Yeah, 
And it just the the deadpan principle. They're just dollar dollar bills just keep hitting him in the face while he stares kind of through like real like angry eyes at Lou the whole time. I want to see the, all of these shows. Good shit. Yeah, this is good. Um, so we've got uh, Rise Summerstock. We've got what, what are we what are we subtitle in our our bits? La Stutant Revolution <laughs> is mine. And I, it's funny because I said it like kind of French. Rise the blood of angry men. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Mine's like underground. Underground. Um, so vote for any of those season two options uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Facebook.com slash pending pod. Twitter.com slash pending pod. What show are we doing next? I heard that's, through the grapevine. Constantine? We're doing Constantine. Yeah, I'm really excited. I've been wanting to watch this. So yeah, it's got lots of good monsters and lots of good Constantine and maps. Bisexuals, cigarettes. Uh, I heard he's not gay in the show. He's gay in my heart. Well, yeah, and in the comic. Yeah, mostly in my heart though. And before you fucking at me about Legends of Tomorrow, yes, I watched Legends of Tomorrow, and I know they made him gay in that. Just talking about his show. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can check bisexual, out bisexual. To be clear, I don't. Yeah, wanna, I'm not. I don't a, be, I don't no bi erasure. Bi erasure. Yeah, he's yeah. bi. Yeah. Um, you can check out uh, Constantine. Uh, the way I think we're gonna do it is we're gonna get on that DC Universe bandwagon for uh, for a quick month. Uh, there's also a free trial that you can watch everything for seven days. Um, oh, but I might, uh, seven days. I might dip my toe into the Teen Titans water while I'm over there. Oh, uh, just poke your nose in. Just also, see, just see how it feels. Good. I heard it gets kind of good. There's no way. The o- we're going to be covering that show at some point soon. I'm sure. The know. only reason why I'm willing to do the DC Universe bullshit is because that is the only way to watch season three of Young Justice. And I fought tooth claw and nail to get season two made, let alone season three. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll watch that while I'm on this DC bandwagon nonsense. Did y'all see the, the quick little Doom Patrol trailer they put out? Mm-mm. No, I just saw the posters, and damn, it looks good. It looked the, tr- the trailer was it was real short, but it looked very good as well. Your boy Brendan Fraser is finally back. Mm-hmm. Very excited. For I love that. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, he's he's, he's a, a good delight. dude. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's do. Um, please send us reviews. Uh, get on there at iTunes. Ending pending. Uh, like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash penningpod. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash penningpod. We're getting back in that Instagram pool. Uh, so follow us, instagram.com slash endingpending, uh, at endingpending on Instagram. Uh, follow us. We're posting some uh, some cute pics of your favorite ending pending hosts. That's us. All three of them. Um, so until next time, who, who should we tell? About what uh what we're gonna do next? Should not we... the fucking cops. Not, not the cop. pawn shop Lou or yeah. pawn shop Lou. Fuck don't, pawn shop Lou. Don't tell pawn shop. Don't Lou. tell pawn shop Lou.